Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning, everybody. This is Real Presence Live. Steve Splonskowski here this morning, along with Tom O'Keefe. How are you doing this morning, Tom? I'm doing terrific. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, we got at a little intro there talking about one of the transcendentals, the true, the good, the beautiful, and the one. And we're going to talk about a lot of good stuff today. But before we get into that, we're going to start with prayer, right, Tom? Yep, I thought we would do the Canticle of Zechariah this morning in honor of St. John the Baptist, his, the memorial of his passion. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy promise, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Amen. In the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And a wonderful prayer today on the Passion of John, uh, John the Baptist, uh, the feast today. That we're celebrating. John the Baptist, uh, of course, was the precursor, right? Came in um, to announce the coming of the Messiah. And uh, so, and also, I guess, and we often, I like to refer to him as the cousin, <laughs> Jesus' cousin, because of obviously Mary. Uh, Elizabeth was Elizabeth's co- was Mary's cousin. Um, and uh, so, you know, really uh, reflecting on the visitation where the child leapt in Elizabeth's womb, which yeah. was. John the Baptist. Yep, and I always ask myself, we, we need to leap for joy. We yes. need to find that joy in our, in our lives, in the presence of Jesus, and that's when we'll find that peace that he promised us. Yep, and the communion antiphon today at Mass was, he must increase and I must decrease, of course, the words of John the Baptist. A great reminder that we all must decrease and the Lord must increase in our lives. And so uh, today we're going to talk about a lot of ways that we can allow the Lord uh, to be a more efficacious, a more a deeply rooted source of life in our lives, in our daily lives, every moment of the day. And uh, so stick with us as we uh, have some great conversations this morning. Uh, we'll be with you till, till 11 o'clock today, and uh, great conversation. One thing I'd like to encourage you to do is, uh, as we're doing this in some of our conversations today, will be about the, the Eucharistic Conference coming up here in September. Uh, head out to the Diocese of Fargo website, fargodiocese.org. And uh, click on or for, FargoDiocese.org forward slash redeemed and uh, sign up for that redeemed uh, Eucharistic conference coming in September. Uh, going to be a great day. It's actually just going to be Friday and Saturday, Friday night, uh, starting around 4 or 5 and going on till Saturday at 4 or 5. Uh, a little shorter event, but a great opportunity. It's going to be jam-packed. Matter of fact, I, we're, as we're going through the schedule, we're trying to find places to fit in like maybe a five-minute uh, <laughs> little segment here. It's going to be jam-packed full of great 
great things. And we have our, our guest on this morning, Tom, uh, is going to be with us at that Eucharistic conference. Yes, Dr. Mary Healy. And uh, the, the agenda just looks uh, marvelous uh, with some terrific speakers, of which uh, Dr. Healy is one. And thank you for being with us today, Dr. Healy. You're welcome. It's great to be with you. And I just want to thank you for beginning with the Canticle of Zechariah. I, I love that canticle. And um, my favorite line there is, you, my child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. And I want to just declare that is true for everybody listening to this radio program right now. You are called to be a prophet of the Most High, to go before the Lord and prepare His way by giving people knowledge of salvation, including through the Eucharist. Everyone who's listening is called to speak God's Word to others and be a light to them. Thank you, Doctor, for that. And, and I know some some of folks in our area know you, Doctor Healy, because you've been here to speak with our our pastors and our priests. But for those of us who are listening in, um, who don't know a lot about you or haven't listened heard um, heard you on uh, uh, Catholic Connection with Teresa Tommy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, I teach. I get the privilege of teaching scripture at a seminary, Sacred Heart Major Seminary in Detroit. Um, I teach Old Testament and New Testament. Uh, I just love the Word of God. It's amazing to me that I I, I get paid to be in the Word of God all day, every day. Um, I speak at conferences as well and um, love activating people in their Catholic faith. And uh, a little bit about you personally. What are what are your hobby, ho- your ho- hobbies, your family life? What's that look like? My homilies. I don't have any homilies. Yeah, hobbies. <laughs> oh, I do have hobbies. Um, well, I I love hiking. I like kayaking. I just got to do that yesterday. Uh, I love gardening. Um, any chance I get, I'm outdoors in my garden. I um, I like climbing mountains, but I, I don't get a chance to do that a whole lot here in Michigan. So um, I try to try to get invitations to Denver and places like that when I can. Uh, they go out. Well, we don't really have any mountains in North Dakota unless you go way out west, and those are just we just kind of those are bluffs. So well, you have some pretty pretty cool black hills out there. Yeah, down in South. Yeah, you get out way out west oh, in South, South Dakota. That's South Dakota, but yeah, that's yeah. true. Sorry. <laughs> well, Doctor Healy, we're starting this uh, this year of the Eucharistic revival, and uh, and what what a blessing that's going to be for those of us who who are on that journey and are, are, are already have a relationship with uh, the Eucharist and to strengthen that. And maybe for those people that don't know the Eucharist, and just tell us a little bit about uh, your role in, in that revival. Sure. I am a consultant to the Committee of the U.S. Bishops that is organizing that revival. Um, it was really the um, inspiration of Bishop Andrew Cousins, and um, he has the, his whole committee working on it as well as a, a huge uh, team of staff people, but um, really what it's meant to be is three years of truly revival. Uh, The word revival means a coming back to life, and that includes those who already love the Eucharist and understand the Eucharist to some degree, and those who don't, and those whose faith may be uh, dormant, uh, may even be completely inactive, and those who are already fervent, this is a time of grace. And, and we know that, that when we, as the body of Christ, gather to pursue something in the, in the name of the Lord together, the Lord is going to pour out His grace in a special way. And so, you know, the, the vision of the bishops is that this would be a movement of Catholics across the United States, healed, converted, 
formed and unified by an encounter with Jesus in the Eucharist and then sent out on mission for the life of the world. And that includes if you're a mom raising nine kids at home or if you're a a computer programmer or if you're a construction worker, no matter who you are or what you do, every one of us is called to be on mission for Jesus and to help bring other people who, who are so desperately in need of Him, of truth and of light, to bring others to know Him, to bring others to an encounter with Him. And it's the Eucharist that empowers us to do that through the Holy Spirit. So if we, if we take hold of this grace that we're being given over the next three years, it's going to be transformative. Everybody is going to be changed and, and deepened in their love for the Lord and their, their knowledge of the Lord and their, their zeal and their, their wholeness as a human being and in their uh, ability to be a missionary disciple for Jesus. Dr. Healy, I think it's a, a, such a great time, and, and one of the things that I think looking at this Eucharist Revival, um, while we, this is a three-year process, it's kind, of, it's kind of like our journey in life. It's, it's an ongoing process that every so often we need to focus in on certain areas and then repeat and then repeat. Like for myself, I may have a great prayer life mm-hmm. for about a month, and then the next month it's not so good. And I can't just say, well, I'm just going to try something else. No, I have to keep trying. I have to keep trying. I have to come back and refocus on that prayer life uh, and refocusing. Amen. And so, you know, I think yeah. about the Eucharistic Revival, and even with, you know, the, the study that came out where, you know, the high percentage of Catholics don't believe in the true presence. Well, let's go back to John's. 653 right mm-hmm. when for christ first said the flesh of the son of man yeah and drink his blood and how many people left at that point right right and so, and so jesus didn't say oh oh wait wait no i i, I didn't mean that literally Come right on. And then he turns to Peter. Let them go. And he turns to Peter and says, will you go too? And Peter said, oh, no, Lord, we perfectly understand all about the Eucharist. Everything you're saying, we completely understand this, and we're on board, right? That's what he said. <laughs> no. Not my version. No. He said, Lord, where, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And that's, I think, oftentimes in our world today, we're a very scientific world, and unless we, unless we understand something, we, can't, we feel like we can't believe it. But that's not true. It's an invitation to faith. And so this yeah, belief in the Eucharist... If you understood God, it's not God. <laughs> right, right. If you and, understood the Eucharist, it's not the Eucharist. Yeah. So I, the one thing I, I really think with the Eucharistic Revival is this is an ongoing journey. It's an invitation mm-hmm. into that relationship with Christ. And don't expect that over the next three years, you're going to come out of the three years going, oh, I get it. I completely understand this. Right. I, no, 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 no. This is an invitation deeper into the life of Christ, deeper into an understanding yeah. of, of Him, and actually, more importantly, when we look, I think, when we, we try to look closely at the Lord, and, and Claire, St. Claire um, tells us this, that Christ is, our, is the mirror of ourselves. So we look closer mm-hmm. into Christ, guess what we're going to find? We're going to see ourselves mm-hmm. through His mm-hmm. eyes. Yeah. And so yeah. this Eucharistic revival is an opportunity to look deeply into the eyes of Christ, deeply into yeah. the heart of Christ, and find yourself there, because yeah. you are there. It's so, it's so wonderful that to be a disciple of Jesus means always being in movement, never being static. You know, he called us to follow him on the way, and that means a journey into the heart of the Father, ultimately the, the infinite, inexhaustible love that led God to give up his only Son for our salvation. 
And we can never get enough of that. We can never, never exhaust the understanding of the infinite depths of love. So this Eucharistic revival is giving us a chance to do that. And everybody needs to understand divine love more. You know, who doesn't have a wound in in the area of love? Who doesn't um, in some way feel unloved or feel not totally accepted or not totally understood? And God in His Son Jesus is the answer for that. He, he loved us so much, he, he couldn't, he had to find a way to give himself to us continually until the end of time so that we'd never be without him. And how many people don't yet know that and need to know that. Dr. Haley, you talked earlier as you, as you, your opening statements about the, the mother of nine, the, the truck driver, the, the, that anybody can go out and, and share and spread this Eucharistic revival. And I think some people, some people are intimidated by that. But I'm even surprised by myself that when given the opportunity to talk about the Eucharist, the, the, the passion that I have, that I, I can share mm-hmm. that, that love that I have. Where I, if you just ask me, can I go out and spread the gospel, I, 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 might, be, I might not have, think I have the courage. So talk a little bit about mm-hmm. you know, how, how that plumber, how that truck driver uh, can share that. Well, what you said just somehow reminded me of uh, an experience I had years ago when I, I took two little girls out camping overnight. And one was my cousin's daughter and the other was my friend's daughter, and they didn't really know each other. But we were in the dark tent with flashlights at night and having those kinds of talks you only have in that kind of setting. And I said to them, what's the most important thing in the world to you? And immediately this one little girl, my cousin's daughter, said, the Eucharist. And as soon as she said it, I could see that the other little girl, her heart was captivated by that. And she, she somehow, um, she was Catholic too, but, but she somehow recognized there's something beautiful and powerful in that. And from that moment, those two little girls became fast friends, and they grew in the Lord together. So it was as simple as that, answering the question, what's the most important thing in the world to you? And, and hearing somebody give an answer, even a child, unlike what you might expect, you know, you might expect a nine-year-old mm-hmm. to say, my dog, or my friends, <laughs> she said, the Eucharist. So I think the Lord wants us to share in that very simple way with other people, whatever chance we get. Amen. That's a great story, folks. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Dr. Mary Healy with us. She's coming to the Eucharistic Conference here in Fargo, September 23rd and 24th. Steve Sponskowski here along with Tom O'Keefe. And we're going to step away for a little break. But on the other side of the break, we're going to continue this conversation. And ask yourself this question, folks, if you're listening. What was your first encounter with Christ? Or that question, what is the most important thing to you in life? We're going to talk about that on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. 
Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director of Riverview Place. I've worked my entire career in healthcare as a social worker in the hospital, skilled nursing, and hospice settings. I love my job. Not only do I get to work with a caring, dedicated team that displays human kindness to every resident, it's a privilege to offer seniors a lifestyle that reminds me of what it felt like to grow up in the small rural town of Buffalo, North Dakota. To join our faith-based community, call us today for a tour at 701-412-1952. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And this is Real Presence Live. Steve Splonskowski along with Tom O'Keefe. And we are here with you this morning. Thank you for sticking with us. And we're talking with Dr. Mary Healy. Uh, She's coming to the Eucharistic Conference here in Fargo, September 23rd and 24th. Head out to the diocesan website, fargodiocese.org forward slash redeemed and sign up today uh, for that conference. I think the the, uh, discounted rate uh, is still there and uh, I think it rises on September 5th. It goes up about 25 bucks. So uh, register today and uh, join us for that wonderful Eucharistic event. And we're continuing our conversation here with Dr. Mary Healy and as I, we teased into the break, uh, Dr. Healy, can you tell us about your, the earliest encounter with Christ that you can recall? Okay, I think the earliest encounter with Christ that I had um, was when I was about six. I had a dream about Jesus. And all I remember about the dream is that I had fallen, and I saw the hand of Jesus picking me up. Um, he kind of came around my, from behind me and uh, took my hand and picked me up. And I woke up, I ran downstairs, and I said, Mom, Jesus must really love me. And uh, later she told me, yeah, I didn't remember that I had said that, but she told me I had said that. So somehow, um, he, you know, he came to me in a dream and just revealed to me his, his love and care picking me up. And... Um, I have to say, I don't remember very much about my First Communion, but I do remember that later in high school, I was part of the parish choir. We had a high school choir, and sometimes I would come in for choir practice, and there would be only one or two people in the church, and the tabernacle light was lit, and the presence of Jesus was so tangible. I just knew He was there, and I just had this special sense that he was so delighted that I came there, and during our whole choir practice, which was in the church, I was kind of like 
very aware of his presence, that he was right there in the tabernacle. And then I remember um, a few years later when I was a young adult, a friend and I went on a long hike. We climbed up, I think it was Mount Monadnock in New Hampshire, and it was several hours, took all day, it was very exhausting. And we came back, and we stopped in the church for some reason, and Eucharistic adoration was going on at that time. And the moment we walked in and I saw the, the tabernacle, the Blessed Sacrament, I mean, not, the uh, monstrance, the Blessed Sacrament exposed, somehow it, it just struck me, the Lord did this, He timed this, so that He would be right there for us after we finished this hike. And it just, I knew it was such a gift from Him. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, we can, we can stay here for a while, we can pray, and I just felt so happy. And, you know, in hindsight, I think my, my poor friend was like, oh, man, I just want to go home and relax. <laughs> but uh, the Lord just gave me this sense that he was there right at that moment waiting for us because he loved us. And he wanted to meet us there in the Blessed Sacrament. You know, a couple of things that stand out to me, Dr. Healy, as you mentioned, you're the first story you went to your mother and said, uh, Jesus must really love me. But you don't remember saying that. Your mom reminded you of that later. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that, where sometimes we, you know, we have these encounters. It makes me, again, think of Mary, after the angel Gabriel comes to her, right away she runs to Elizabeth and says, guess what just happened, right? We had, yeah, we, we, once we experience Christ, we have to share him with others. But others are there to remind us of that encounter. Tell us, talk, is, is there a little, more, a little more to that yeah. story where your mom reminded you, hey, but you said Jesus must really love me. Is there more to that story? Yeah, uh, no, the only, the only more is that um, it was years later she told me that, and I said, oh, gosh, I, you know, I, I don't remember that part at all. Mm-hmm. But I, I think of the dream every once in a while, but uh, thank you for telling me what happened after I woke up from that dream. And it is a reminder that parents have a particular role in awakening the faith of their children and also holding on to those graced moments, those really special moments where God, you know, the Lord intervenes in the life of a child more often than we realize. The Lord, it makes himself known. I mean, another time, I remember actually even before the dream I mentioned to you, I was five years old. We were staying at a beach house on Fire Island, uh, New York, and I saw a sunrise. I was the only one awake. I went into the living room with this big picture window, and I saw the most magnificent sunrise, just incredible colors. And my heart was just captivated by the Lord. At five years old, I knew God did that, and that it, it revealed something of His beauty. Um, that I don't think I ever told my parents. But, um, you know, sometimes kids will say things or do things that signal the Lord is touching them. And it's really important for parents to hold on to that and remind them later, because the child might not remember later. But it really is a part of their faith journey. It's, it's part of how the grace of the Holy Spirit is working in them. And, and helping, helping us remember those graced moments can be crucial for our adult discipleship, our, our, our walk with the Lord later in life. And then later in life, we get, uh, we get wives, we get spouses, we get friends uh, to walk that journey with us, too, that can often see those movements of our hearts that we might not even be able to see ourselves. Like one time, I was after Mass, saying to my wife, I think the Holy Spirit is 
is talking to me about doing something with his men's ministry. And she said, well, I think the Holy Spirit's been yelling at you for months and you haven't been, <laughs> haven't been listening. She could see those things happening in wow. those, those directions I was going, but I wasn't willing to, to take that step myself. So we are so blessed that Jesus puts these people in our lives to help, help us uh, see those things that sometimes we can't see ourselves or can't remember ourselves. Dr. Healy, you talked about, uh, we talked in the break about your upcoming presentation here on September 24th at the Eucharistic Congress here in, in uh, the city of Fargo. And you talked about the, the healing power of the Eucharist as one of your themes. Uh, share with us a little mm-hmm. bit where that is going to take us. Well, in a, a generation that has now lived through a global pandemic, um, we all get at a deeper level the need for healing. But, of course, it's not just uh, physical healing. You know, many of us, as we're getting older, we recognize the need for areas of our body to be renewed and healed. But, of course, emotional, psychological, and spiritual healing. And Jesus' whole work of salvation, as Pope Benedict said, can be described as a work of healing. And that's not something that only is going to happen on the last day when we rise from the dead. It happens now. And, and Jesus wants to heal far more often than we think. And one of the beautiful ways that he heals is through the Eucharist. Sometimes, literally, physically, people get healed. But much more often, if, if we would only open ourselves to him, if we would only make ourselves completely ready for what he wants to do, we would experience healing interiorly, healing of our hearts, healing of depression, healing of fear, healing of anxiety, healing of the things that weigh us down through the Eucharist. Because even though it's not, technically it's not in the category of the sacraments of healing, like the anointing of the sick and reconciliation, really the Eucharist is most of all the sacrament of healing. And we we meet the healer. Well, and we hear that Christ is referred to as the divine physician, right? Um, Yes. And and uh, it's just such a beautiful. I actually like I like the uh, so Tolkien J.R. Tolkien in his book in his his series a Lord of the Rings series, um, and he talks about Aragorn who is the king, and he says the hands of a king are the hands of a healer, uh, and just and of course that's a reference to Christ, but uh, it just that that reminder that uh, he is really Christ comes to hear to heal. Uh, a smoldering wick he will not quench, a bro- uh, bruised reed he will not break. Uh, just that sense of, and I love how you, you mentioned earlier, the woundedness of the world. Um, oftentimes, you know, we think of the, the sin of the world, and we look at the sin of the world, and, and we look at people and say, that's a, I, you know, some friends are like, yep, that, that's an evil person. And I stop and say, hold on, hold on, okay. The only evil person that I think we really know is truly evil is Satan, okay? And, and he's, he's, he is truly evil. Okay, but most persons um, who are sinning are—they're acting out of wounds. They're acting out of a woundedness, um, and the church brings this healing, this healing balm, this healing balm of the Eucharist of Christ, uh, which is the—he's the source and summit of our Catholic faith, the very center. Yes. Amen. Amen. Oh, there's so much more that He wants to do for this broken world, if only we'll give Him a chance, and that means really opening our hearts fully. And allowing him to change our understanding. And as you were saying earlier, to, to enter into the mystery or to, to be content with the mystery that goes so far beyond what we can understand. And yet we can understand to some degree we, because he, he's, not a, he's not a 
doctrine or set of doctrines. He's a person who wants to be in relationship with us, who wants to touch us. You know, what, what blows my mind, okay, as we, uh, we, we really study our Catholic faith and, and really enter into a reflection and conversation with the Lord, how practical he is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we, we think about it, we look at the Eucharist, and we'll say, okay, well, that's not really a practical teaching of the church, is it, Steve? But we step back and, and even look at, from the very beginning, the, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, I'm paraphrasing here, but tells us that, you know, the Lord wrote down, the Lord God wrote down for us in the Decalogue what we, what we failed to perceive already written in our hearts. Right? Yeah. And so, uh-huh. so let, let's talk a little bit about, because I, I, I guess I think what happens in the world so often is we get drawn into the, okay, I got, today I've got to go change the battery on my truck because it wouldn't start this morning. And tomorrow I've got to mow the lawn. And you want me to sit here and talk about having a relationship with Christ? I, I don't have time for this relationship with Christ thing. I, I have work mm-hmm. to do. But he's so practical. Can you, can, can you talk to us Amen. a little bit about how practical the Lord is? Yeah. Well, for one thing, he cares about the, the tire that needs to be changed. He cares about every detail of our life. You know, if you're burdened by your finances, did you know that Jesus wants to put your finances in order? If you're worried about your children or about what you have to do today, um, do you know that he wants to be Lord of your day and that he has your children in his hands, but he wants to guide you and direct you on how you pray for them and how you raise them if you're still raising your children? He wants to be brought into every detail of our lives. You know, like he was invited into the wedding at Cana. He wants to be invited into marriages. He wants to be invited into families. And when he is, look out. He's going to transform them. He's going to bless them. He's going to bring peace and joy. And folks, uh, we're visiting with Dr. Mary Healy. We do have to step away at the bottom of the break, so I want to say thank you, um, Dr. Healy, for being with us this hour. Um, but we will. We look forward to seeing you uh, September 23rd and 24th. Yeah, looking forward to being there. Yeah, so we'll look forward to seeing you for that. And folks, again, di- FargoDiocese.org forward slash redeemed. Sign up for that Eucharistic conference September 23rd and 24th, and you're going to hear much more, many more great, inspiring words from Dr. Mary Healy. Thank you, Dr. Healy. Yeah, have a great day. Folks, we're going to step away for a break. But on the other side of the break, we're going to come back and talk a little bit about that men's ministry that Tom alluded to a little bit uh, before. What is the Lord doing in the lives of men in our area? We're going to talk about it on the other side of the break. This is Real Presence Live. We'll be right back. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 